Welcome to our podcast, What's on Your Face? I'm Shade. I'm MJ. Welcome. Our podcast is all about beauty, pop culture, all types of craziness that you see on the internet. Today we have some fun topics. Yes, but let's first get started with what is on your face, Shade. Okay, so honestly, right now I have, I cleansed, I'm going to be honest with who I cleansed with. I cleansed with Fenty Skin. <gasps> I know. I gave it, you know, I, every now and then I take a stroll down that park. And so I cleansed with Fenty Skin <clears throat> and then I put on uh, Glow Recipes, uh, Dew Drops, and then I just slapped on SPF. Wait, are the Dew Drops similar to the Glossier um, Future Dew, where it's like a liquid highlighter with skincare infused in it? Kind of. You know what I kind of equate? Uh, do drops to from Glow Recipe kind of equate them to Farsali because a lot of people know that Farsali exited the market like maybe two years ago and and they like exited to focus on their D2C and they exited Sephora and all the other places they were at um, and when they left they kind of left like a big space for uh, serums that are also like makeup friendly that also like give you a bit of highlight. Mm. So I don't, I don't know if you remember from Farsali, they had like unicorn uh, essence and they had a rose elixir and then they were coming out with all of these different like serum slash makeup products. Yeah, I always wondered what it was actually because I could never tell what the product was for. Therefore, I never tried it. But it was a serum. Right. It was a serum. Serum highlighter. Essentially, it was a serum because the ingredients were very much serum based, but it just looked so cool and social and people, that's when people started like using the dropper and then like the, like you'd see the liquid fall down their face. Which feels so weird, by the way. Because <laughs> you've tried it. You've done that influencer <laughs> it moment. It feels so awkward. It feels like, you know, when you have a runny nose and you can't wipe it. That's it. That's the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I put that on um, that and then I put on my like my go to SPF glow screen. And I like I feel like I had to put on extra SPF because last night I did a plus retinol from Sunday Riley. So I was like, mm. I need to lock in the goodness that I've done and, and protect it. OK, that's cool. what's on my face. What's on your face, MJ? Mm, not a lot, to be honest. I mean, since we've gone into phase two heightened alert. I'm Ugh. kind of keeping it simple. But what I did put on my face is the Nude Sticks Cream Blush. Ooh. That stick one is really good. And you know I have a huge thing for cream blushes. Sure do. I have a collection. Like anytime a cream blush comes out, I'm like, it's mine. <laughs> it's mine. Like I'm you waiting. Do. You look good in blush. I'm like, I try it. I try blushes. I have like the Fenty ones. I have the some Fenty the Nude ones Sticks ones. I have some KVD ones. But it's just like, I don't know. Maybe because my cheeks are like, because they're kind of like big. Like they look, I don't know. Maybe they you have look, good cheekbones. Thank you. Maybe because they look like they change color anyways when I smile. Mm. So then I just feel like, oh, I'm just going to leave it. Do you have the new KVD Mod Blush? The one uh, that comes in a tube? With sure. The, I do. Why do you give it to me? I'll give you one. Give it to me. I have. I ordered one. Good. I, sp I spent money on Please it. Please spend okay. money. Spend money on KVD and all kinds of stuff. Did you ever Fenty. try, um, do you remember that influencer um, M who founded M Cosmetics? 
Michelle Fang. Yes. Yes. Super familiar. Yes. And she had a good blush. <laughs> she has an excellent serum blush. It's like with um, cinchy oil complex and has really good shades and you just need like a tiny little drop and it's really beautiful. Ooh, I'm a fan of that one I too. I love that. There's a lot of new blushes are definitely making their comeback into like, because I feel like there was like this moment where everybody was like blushes from like Bobbi Brown and like, like old school, you know, skincare or old school makeup brands. But, and then they've kind of phased out and then it was all about highlighters, which mind you, I still stand for highlighters. I Mm, love them. I haven't used one. I love highlighters. I still use them on a regular basis. I just, I love it. Mm. But I know I see blushes. I see what she's doing. She's definitely... She's on she's on the rise. But now blushes have highlighters built into them. True so story. it's a blush highlighter. Good. Now we have tons of fun things for for people to consider trying. So that is what's on your face. All kinds of fun stuff. Now into our fun topic today. Beauty news. I only have two bits of beauty news, and then Please. we can go into our segment. One is Violette, mm. that makeup artist with her own line. She used to be CD of Estee Lauder, and now she is the new CD of Guerlain Beauty, yeah. part of yeah. Elvi- yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that when you have some of these big shifts uh, with creative directors, it really does shake things up. It gives a, it gives the brand a refresh. The thing is, is that you know Lauder is very complex and that they have so many different brands that are not necessarily encouraging Estee Lauder, but you just have, they see everything that everybody else is doing. Because you have, you know, Clinique in your office, you have Bobby Brown in your office, you have Mac in your office. So it's, I'm sure to be a CD for that brand, you're probably seeing every, like everybody else very close to you and what they're doing and how they're like innovating and changing. So to bring that to a brand like Guerlain, which also within its own right is a part of LVMH, you know, they have Givenchy there, they have Fresh there, they have all of these other huge, like Kenzoki, all these other huge brands a part of these big conglomerates. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, from group to group where you can see changes where it, or, or if it ends up just being more of the same because mm-hmm. essentially these are just two huge powerhouses. Yeah, my my hypothesis for Estee Lauder is that Violette was there to develop her own line because have you noticed that Estee Lauder always launch brands before they're launched independently like Tom Ford had a line mm-hmm. with Estee Lauder that like pretty blue packaging um Victoria Beckham yeah. had a brief line with Estee Lauder before she went on her own I love that line yeah though. and Violette had her poppy like you know range from Estee Lauder mm-hmm. and then she's launched her own but I feel like she'll do exciting things with Guerlain I know for a fact that the Guerlain fork-sided powder is going to be TikTok famous probably I it mean probably already is Guerlain makes really pretty products like the meteorites and like a lot of their a lot of their blushes a lot of their like lipsticks are just gorgeous in general it's very visual you have the pearls you have the colors and the packaging it's gonna it's gonna have i mean it's gonna not be for the gen z tiktoks because guerlain is for that's for the bougie girls i don't know i it's pricey but look at dior that pink dior blush that's been around for Mm. forever every time you walk through duty free you get like this gift set and that pink blush is in there and everyone's like no one's gonna use it now kylie jenner has made it a thing that pH color changing blush. 
But Kylie Jenner is super caked up. She has so much money. Like it's, it's okay, let's discuss our Gen Zs, our like 16 year olds. Like, you know what, mom, take me to the store and get me this Dior blush or get me a Guerlain. Like it's pricey. They're going to get dupes. Gen Zs love a good dupe. I love dupes. You know who buys Lululemon dupes? This lady buys. What is a Lululemon dupe? A Lulu pants that fit like Lululemon, but they don't cost Lululemon coin. That's what I'm about. (laughs) They're all over Amazon. All you have to do is just Google Lululemon dupes, and you have all of these amazing fitting pants that fit just like Lululemon. Just like the Align pant, which I'm wearing right now. Yes, ma'am. Just like Align, but it's going to cost you like $30, $40. And it looks good, and the booty sits right. Interesting. And we link me, and we'll <laughs> drop a link on our IG for sure. So, uh, next in beauty news, that Jessica Alba, mm-hmm. arguably the most successful celebrity beauty brand owner, is repackaging her entire line mm-hmm. to have treeless packaging materials. She's going to use. repurposed sugar cane and redoing her bottles, her cartons, the pumps. But I'm not going to lie. It looks kind of Trader Joe Whole Foods. Mm. I was a little bit disappointed because you know my point of view for these sustainable packaged products is that none of them look luxe. Like none of them are well designed, just like a simple, beautiful design. They always have to put some like flower graphic on it and have it in a cardboard color. I don't know. I was a bit disappointed. That's, I think making sustainable products look cool is kind of the new challenge because sustainable is not going to be pretty and glossy or matte or, you know, metallic, like the packaging that we all have like become accustomed to loving. But the thing is, is those things that we love are essentially, you know, going to live long, 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 long after we die because, you know, they're made of plastics and all of these terrible things in them that, you know, are not recyclable. So I think we, we all have to, if we want to really save the planet and love beauty, we are just going to have to take products that the packaging might not be that pretty And Mm. I think that might, it might be, and you're going to have people who try, but they're never going to be fully sustainable. And I think for the people who are like true, like hardcore sustainable and recyclable packaging and do right for the planet, like you're, you're going to toe the line if you're trying to make it pretty. Cause I just think it's really hard. And I'm sure somebody's creating something somewhere right now, as we speak, that will make something that's beautiful. But right now, I think it's really, it's really challenging to, to, to do both and do both well. I feel like the Gen Zs are going to do it because there's this new brand who I think do do it really well in mm. a fresh way is called Plus. So okay. it's by Julie Schott. She's that um, previous beauty editor of XO Jane. I think she okay. was at Marie Claire. She launched a body wash brand where the body wash comes in a powder and in a sachet, but it's in a paper that dissolves in water. Yes. So you bring it with I've you. Seen to, this. Yeah, it's really cool. And it, it's very like ASMR because when you like tap on the paper, yeah. it has that, you know, ASMR sound and you bring it with you shower and then it dissolves into your all shower drain. Dissolves. Yeah, all of it dissolves. More and more of that is happening. You're seeing more and more of that, like people who are making things that dissolve or people who are making like face washes that are just like a little like tab mm. that you just wet it and then you just wash your face that way. And mm-hmm. it's you're not using any, you know, extra pumps or whatever. And it's just, 
uh, people are getting much more creative with it. I think the challenge will be for the people who want a traditional pump or like, you know, a bottle for their cleanser or their moisturizer or their serum. How do you get that and have it be, you know, sustainable or waterless or whatever? Because those that's also something that we're seeing is like people doing the sustainability piece through waterless beauty, which is just like it blows my mind how many people are are doing that with shampoos and mm. with cleansers where it's just like there's no water in here. It's just purely everything that you need in this tablet or in this powder or whatever. Yeah, I tried the waterless or the bar shampoo. Like it looks mm. like a little cannelli pastry and you kind of rub it in your scalp. I wasn't, I wasn't no, that's a fan. Not, I'm not doing we that. We still have a way to go, but <laughs> I believe that. it will get there. <laughs> That's, yeah, I cannot uh, get involved in uh, bar soap no, for my hair. No, it's not for you. It's not for you. Not for my hair. Beauty wants receipts. I read something the other day that said in uh, WWD that said uh, Gen Z's basically, they want to buy from brands where they feel like the brand is their friend. And there's this whole movement behind accountability. And one of the big, big, big people, or I don't know if they're like a brand, I don't know what I consider them, but one of the the big pushers for accountability in the beauty world is my best friend and yours, Estee Laundry. Oh, I do love them. She's a bad bitch. I'm sorry. She Or he. <laughs> or he or they. Or they. Because Diet Prada is um, a group of two people. One is Asian, and I th- or maybe both of them are Asian, and they went to fashion school, and they're like the Estee Laundry of um, the fashion world. Yeah. yeah. I was just, I was actually just this morning reading on Diet Prada about like people who basically send them like letters, or not letters, they send them like DMs, just calling them like, Asian racial slurs. Well, I mean, racial slurs are racial slurs, so it's not necessarily Asian, but yeah, sending them racial slurs, calling them names. Um, and they were like, this is basically what's in our DMs from people whenever we break stories about, you know, brands that are like, there's this lady, I don't know, I can't remember what state she's from, but she's a Caucasian lady who basically took kanji, which is. I saw this. <laughs> basically, I saw like, this. Hey like, guys. I'm- I've made something new and it's called kanji and it's great for your stomach. And all of like, all of Asia just was like, stop. First of all, (laughs) don't talk about my grandma's food like that. Don't talk about my mom's food like that. And she's like, it's an ama- it's amazing. It's from these grains. And I just, I'm bringing it to the world for you guys to try. And basically Diet Prada was like, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. And from that post, everybody was like, we don't like what you're saying and you're being divisive and da, 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 da. But I mean, they are keeping people accountable. You have, you know, people like that woman with the kanji. You have the women with the, mahjong. the, the mahjong, which is just like, yikes. So, I mean, they really are, you know, Estee Laundry really are, they are the internet, the beauty internet watchdogs. You know, we don't really know who they are. We don't know if this is their only job, if they're getting ads from it, like what they're doing. But what we do know is that they do not discriminate. Mm-hmm. They, they come after everyone. They go after everybody. They, from the likes of Fenty, Sephora, Mecca, they stay on L'Oreal's neck. Oh yeah, they're they hard on L'Oreal. They stay on L'Oreal's neck. <laughs> All, I don't know what happened there, but they stay on their neck. Estee Lauder, Shiseido, 
they basically canceled Dolce & Gabbana from, from China. Like, they were a part of that whole, like, even though they weren't, even though it wasn't uh, beauty, they were still on that. Like, Diet Prada and Estee Laundry together were like, like, it's that thing from TikTok. Do you want to form an alliance? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to form an alliance. That was Estee Laundry and Diet Prada for, for Dolce & Gabbana. But they really, they don't discriminate. And, you know, it's it's interesting how the industry has really picked up on it. I, a brand consultant wrote in uh, The Business of Fashion that a substantial amount of social media pressure and criticism can damage a brand. Um, and it's something we didn't have to worry about several years ago. Basically meaning that these beauty brands were able to just do whatever, treat people however. Um, you know, there's office bullying, you know, whether it's like, oh, you're too fat to be here, you're too black to be here. You know, if somebody is, you know, Asian, they're looking at them and saying, where are you really from? Like, you have all these, like, microaggressions that are happening. And sometimes they weren't even microaggressions. When you, he when you hear employees talk about it, it wasn't even microaggressions. It was just people being blatantly racist. Yeah. And, you know, now people have to be held accountable. And it's this really, really interesting thing that you're seeing. And the Gen Zs are, I think, a, a big part of that and driving that and, you know, making sure that, you know, one, brands are accountable. Two, if you're going to come out with whatever trend that you're talking about, that you need to pay homage to where it came from before. Mm. So it's just kind of like new, interesting, this new, interesting way of life. And I've spent many mornings waking up, looking at my phone, <laughs> being like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> And, and some mornings, as somebody who works in the beauty industry, I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God. Is it going to be Oh, us? my God. We need to talk to somebody in PR. We need to fix this now. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's again, doesn't discriminate. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I feel like it's like a modern day gossip girl. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, we want to just tell you really quickly. We are. I mean, we were joking. We about are it. Estee Laundry. We are Estee Laundry. <laughs> no, we're not. I am laundry. And I'm Estee. XOXO. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if this is... <laughs> but continue. No, I, I love them. I feel like they definitely have a bias towards some brands. It okay. feels like. Okay. It feels like. But it's it's a good thing that they're kind of, you know, being a voice for the people because corporations aren't going to give a fuck about you. HR departments are basically, you know, only looking out for the corporations. True like, let's be story. honest. So if you have something that is a pressing issue, what are you going to do? Like, call the media? But this is something that's, like, relatable. It's accessible. And mm. you feel like you're being heard. And it kind of rallies other people who have like the same stories as you or have similar experiences and it creates a community. No, I, that's perfectly said because there is that feeling of I'm so small, I'm so insignificant, there's nothing I can do, you know, I'm being, you know, bullied, I'm being harassed, I, you know, I try to talk to people and the thing about it is like beauty the beauty industry does have a reputation for being very toxic. You know, for myself, whenever I am like struggling with things and, you know, with my job, I'll talk to my sister and she'll just be like, and I'll be like, oh, this is so stressful. And I'm like not sleeping and, da, da, da. and my sister's just like, but you know where you work, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, no, but she's like, yeah, but like, it's like, it's the beauty industry. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not a game. It's, this is, it's, 
tricks are for kids. And I'm just like, okay, you're right. And it, there is that aspect of it being very intense. And even, you know, I was watching um, TikTok, the CMO, Kate, who's the CMO of Rare Beauty. And like people were asking her questions about like the beauty industry. And she was like, it's hard. It's hard doing this job. It's not easy. It's you have to be sharp. You have to do this. It's, you know, you, it is an intense industry. Because so much money is at stake. So much money is at stake. And I try to often be like, you know what? At the end of the day, no one's going to die. We're, you know, we're selling serums and lipsticks and it's not that big of a deal. But there is a lot of money at stake. So when you have something that's so, you know, personal beauty goods that you're selling, you do have, and there's a lot of money at stake, you do tend to have people who can be quite careless and rude and a bit mean and can bully. And you you kind of can build this somewhat toxic environment. I think I'm lucky that I haven't had too, too many terrible, like toxic experiences in, you know, in my, in my career so far, but I know a lot of people that do. And when it happens, it is very isolating. And when it has happened for me, it is very isolating because you're just like, I don't know who to tell. And, you know, you want to seem cool and you want to seem like you can handle it because you knew that it's the beauty industry. It's going to be hard. So you try to like bottle it up, but sometimes like shit is crazy. And I think when you have places like Estee Laundry where you just send them a DM and you're just like, look, I'm getting, I'm dying here and other people are dying here and no one's doing anything about it. Can you guys write about it? I think it has made a lot of organizations change the way that they treat people. Mm. And, you know, it's almost forced people to play nice. And while I do think playing nice sometimes can have its own consequences, I think taking out, you know, full, you know, harassment of people and making, you know, companies be like, okay, well, let's not like totally harass her today. And like, let's lay off a bit. Even that for some people is like helpful for their, their own mental health. So I think it's, it really shows you the power of, of social media. And because I think a lot of people think that social media is really trivial and like, oh, whatever, who cares? But it's, I know it's L'Oreal, like after things happen, you see L'Oreal, they, they, the people who are reporting them send the memos out to everybody to be like, oh, Lord, this is what L'Oreala said with regards to whatever. It's happened with Lauder. It's happened with a lot of brands where they've tried to right the wrongs and they see what Estee Laundry is talking about and what Estee Laundry is doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they made a huge change in Mecca, right? Yeah. You know, Mecca went through their staff training, Joe Horgan, the founder of Mecca, yeah. like put our feet on the ground and set out to visit like the stores and the staff and kind of reset the, the company culture. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, I mean. And Sephora's, for Sephora's no different. There was that, you know, a lot of the issue with, you know, SZA walking into the store and being followed around. And I mean, that's obviously a bit different, but Estee Laundry brought a lot of heat with that. And also SZA is a celebrity in her own right. And so Sephora was like, you know what? We're going to shut the stores for two days and we're going to do, basically do training for people, you know, for on unconscious biases and, you know, anti, you know, discrimination work, you know, for that, so that the employees aren't following people of color around in the store and they, you know, understand what a microaggression is. And, and I hope through that training, a lot of people realize like, Oh shit! I'm I microaggression people a lot. <laughs> Hopefully they change. I mean, it. it's ingrained in people for right? sure, for sure. And I think one thing I I learned during like everything with Black Lives Matter in the summer of 2020 was that a lot of people 
probably didn't realize that they were doing a lot of these things. And you had, you know, everything that was all the education that was coming out during that time. And then people were learning. So as much as I think the other side of Estee Laundry is that people are like, oh, it's in this cancel culture and it's toxic. It's some, sometimes you do need to learn things and you can do that through, you know, a a brand or a group like Estee Laundry throwing it in your face that this is wrong and this is why it's wrong and people sharing their individual stories of hurt or pain or, you know, how it's affected them. And people can learn through the internet and, you know, social media is, is super powerful and Estee Laundry is teaching us that every single time mm-hmm. they drop a dime on somebody who's cutting up. They're doing God's work. They sure are. Hallelujah. Okay. Things we're obsessed with. My weekly obsession currently are these toiletry bags from the Shangri-La Orchard in Singapore. Okay, hear me out, hear me out. So we just came back from a family staycation at the Shangri-La Orchard. Um, I didn't have much high expectations going into it, but I came out of it completely obsessed. And I mean, mostly because it was so family friendly. The service was just really good. Like you could tell that they cared about me, you know, like anything trivial that I asked for, they would make it as if it was their most important task. You know, like people, like I was asking people, like, where's the phone? How can I call the concierge? And a man would like walk me to the nearest phone and like the health. They're so good. But anyway, so the product obsession is their shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. It smells like an exotic flower. It's probably just neroli or something, but it's exotic to me. And you know, when you have like no expectations for a hotel shampoo conditioner, and body wash, and then you walk out of the shower, dry it, you know, hairs, you know, falling down, and then as it air dries, you're like, this shit is good. Ooh. This shit is good, and you smell nice, and your hair is nice, and you feel clean. It's good. Next time, I'm going to steal more toiletries. By steal, I mean take the ones that I paid for with my room. I stay stealing toiletries, though. That's like a... I mean, I'm Asian. I'm Chinese. Yeah, I steal all the toiletries. They're all mine. They had little kid-sized slippers, like hotel slippers. Oh, we sure did. And then they had um, kids' pool slides. They were just so thoughtful. They they got ponchos for the kids, sand toys. Anyway. I love this. Obsessed. Obsessed. What is your obsession of the week? My obsession of the week is I got this really cool um, LED galaxy light. And it's basically this like little like box thing that has like a light at the top of it. And you turn off all the lights like in your room or your living room and you turn it on and it like makes the ceiling in the whole room like different colors. And it's like either red or blue. Like there's a bunch of different colors that it can do, but it basically makes your like space seem like you're like in like a... In like a galaxy. Are you microdosing magic mushrooms? <laughs> I. <laughs> Why do you have this? Wish. No, <laughs> I'm just, just, it's so relaxing. And I just kind of sit there and I like play with Saya and she loves it. And she just like kind of runs around and like, I'm just kind of laying there, like just chilled out. And it just like is my little relaxing me time. I, I think with, you know, because Singapore, we're, we're back into a lockdown. It's for me a fun way just to decompress and just act like I'm not living in like a real life prison. Yeah. That I can't leave. And I like, I well, I can leave. It's just going to cost me a lot of money. Okay. And I, <laughs> three I, weeks of quarantine. Three weeks of quarantine in a hotel. In a hotel <laughs> and then like. 
I just feel a way about like doing all of those things. I'd rather just go and it not be an issue and be able to come back into Singapore. So while I'm like here powering through this phase 2.567, um, yeah, it's my way to like decompress and just like sit Float and Float through just, the milky galaxy exactly. of That's cool. It's that's like cool. my little way to like chill out. So that's my obsession this week. Okay. We'll pop these on our IG links. Sure will. Well, that is our episode, guys. Thank you for listening to What's On Your Face. I'm Shade. I'm MJ. See ya. See you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.